It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. And welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Ottawa and Toronto. 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And you could also be listening anywhere across Canada if you've downloaded the Radio Player Canada app. And if you type in... 95.7 95.7 ELMNTFM or 106.5 ELMNTFM. And you could listen on your uh, choice of device right across this country anytime. I'd like to welcome my uh, first guest to the show today, Nick Roberts. He's here to talk about uh, a pretty cool idea, pardon the pun, because it is <laughs> having to do with winter months and uh, helping to give people some shelter from the cold weather. Uh, it's uh, in fact called Shelter Bus, and it uh, was launched uh, in Toronto yesterday, December third, and uh, it, it's a great idea. And Nick's here to tell us about about the idea, how it came about, and what it uh, what it actually does. So, Nick, welcome to the show. Great, thank you, David. Yeah, so the Shelter Bus, or it's called the Humanity First Shelter Bus, mm-hmm. because we've partnered with a, a local charity yeah. called Humanity First Canada, and they're yep. headquartered up in Vaughan, right? And they have a large presence throughout Canada, coast to coast, providing initiatives such as their food bank and a Feed the Homeless programs. They've been doing it for over a decade in Toronto and the GTA and other communities as well. So this is a great extension to that program. About a year ago, um, the director of the Shelter Bus Program, Naeem Faruqi, who's mm-hmm. a volunteer at Humanity First, came up with this idea because he works in the transit industry of there's a lot of these older coach buses that are nearing the end of their life. They can't put on the mileage mm. that they would normally traveling mm-hmm. long distances. Mm-hmm. But how can we use these in the community to provide right. shelter uh, to those in need, especially here in Toronto and other areas where it gets really cold during the winter? Mm-hmm. A lot of these people don't have the fortune of being able to go inside and warm up. So the idea is that we retrofit these older buses so they can be deployed out and uh, distribute food care packages, which include toothbrushes, socks, soaps, other items of need to these mm-hmm. people. And we can engage with them, learn what their challenges are and how we can help better serve them. It's like to augment the existing shelters, which are almost running yeah. over capacity in some right. cases. And you uh, already see people uh, setting up tents and things on the streets. Yeah, you know, uh, at this time of the year, uh, so there is definitely a need. We always hear about the shelters uh, running out of space. Um, now, so how has the response been? I mean, I've seen pictures of the bus; looks pretty cool. I gotta oh, say, thank you. Um, you know, it, it's a wonderful idea. You know, in terms of wanting to reach out, and uh, even if if people, I guess, don't want to uh, participate, you're still handing out those toiletries. You're still helping them. You're still engaging with them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Actually, leading up to its launch yesterday, we had a few trial runs over the summer months just so we can get out there and start helping people and get their feedback. Mm -hmm. The feedback's been very positive. Mm -hmm. We've had some trial runs handing out food and goods in uh, Guelph. It's been deployed in Toronto. And then now, of course, last night was the first time that has full service. And we have a good group of volunteers on board and they're helping out distribute all these goods to people in need. Now that's the other side of this. Yeah. And and let's let's how so how did it go on the first night, by the way? Very good. We had about thirty five people come up on board and mm-hmm. uh they're very happy. We had great response from them. These are homeless people. Yes, they are. And we uh, operate basically on an honor system, so we're trusting those people who are really in need will come and uh basically we're there to help them however we can if that's just the food or if it's that for them that want to spend overnight on the bus or an extended period of time just to warm up and get some shelter, that's what it's there for. Now, inside the bus, as we mentioned, there's, uh, I believe, 20 beds. Yeah. There's a lounge right. area. Yeah. There's a washroom. Mm-hmm. There's a kitchenette. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a full-service kind of, you know, wonderful, uh, you know, environment for people that need to get off the street. Um, it sleeps 20, we said, right? Yes, that's right. It may sound a bit bigger than it is, just so some people <laughs> understand. This bus was originally used for transporting sports teams, mm-hmm. and that's how we got it. So the retrofit for this model, it wasn't as involved as we needed to. It's a good way to get it running quickly. But on the upside of that or downside, we needed to have a lot of 
uh, the purchase cost was a bit higher. So mm. we're looking to fundraise to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. But basically, the, the seating areas that you're talking about, mm-hmm. there's tables and bench seats. Yep. And these fold up and fold down, so they convert into a set of beds. So that's how you get all that space inside the bus. Kind of reminds me of uh, European trains. Yeah. You know, they have seating areas, but if you're taking a train overnight, the seats collapse down and make a bed for you to lie down on. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of a, a kind yep. of a similar idea. Yeah, that's right. And if people are interested to actually see it, well, I encourage them to come out and see it in person. But mm-hmm. if you visit shelterbus.ca, there's actually a pretty cool feature that you can go down to the bottom and click on the picture of yep, the bus. Yeah, the 360. Exactly. It's like a Google Earth yep. Street view. Yeah, you can right. see the inside of the bus and yes. how it looks. Yes. Yeah. Now, you mentioned volunteers. Of course, you know, you're going to need a driver. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Stay. And, and people that need to, to be there to help uh, with, with these, the guests that are going to be there overnight. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's, that's dedication, I think. Yes, it is. And I think that we're quite fortunate. We've been able to engage a large group of volunteers mm. from the transit industry, from Humanity First, and also other organizations. So just as an example, one of our partners is the Talk Coach Lines, and you mentioned the driver. So mm-hmm. Talk, they actually provide the garage up in Vaughan where mm-hmm. the bus is stored and also the drivers that, that run the bus when you need it. And then we've had in-kind donations from a number of uh, companies in the transit industry, including MTB, which provided some of the refurbishments needed and the paint to get the bus back on the road. And then we've also had volunteers, and I've done some of this too, is like going up there and actually putting all the decals and Mm. some of the work on the bus too to get it roadworthy. You know, and and as you mentioned, uh, it is an older coach bus, but it's retrofitted. Uh, so this is much like uh, one of the large buses that you'd see going down the highway uh, that used to, as you say, take supports teams around. But there's still it's still a functional bus. It's not like it's on its last legs or anything. No, it no. just can't do the, the highway uh, exactly. miles anymore. Yes. Um, so, and again, this is being a, a coach bus. That is, that's not something anyone can drive. There's a special license somebody needs for that. Yeah, that's right. You need a DZ license, and that's what uh, where talk comes in, that they have drivers mm-hmm. able to do that. Yeah. yeah. Now, you also mentioned the website, so if anybody wants to go there to check this out, it's shelterbus.ca. You can yep. get to see that. You can also, and you're looking for donations as well. That's we right. Mem- yeah. That. The first bus, I should mention, our fundraising goal is a, a little north of $120,000. That covers the capital cost of the bus as mm. well as the first year of operations mm. for it. We've been doing pretty well with donations over the past year, and I think we're now getting close to about $80,000. Mm. So uh, that'd be great if people are interested and they feel a good response with the project. I encourage them to visit our website and donate. There's a link on there to our Canada Helps page, so we're registered on there. Mm. You'll get a donation receipt, a tax credit as that. And it's all set up through Humanity First as well. So if you're interested to learn more about Humanity First and some of their programs, they do great work internationally on disaster relief, food programs, gift of site, building homes and that. So if you visit humanityfirst.ca, you'll also see that the shelter bus program's listed on there as well. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned Humanities First. And off the top of the show, you mentioned you you are partnering with. Yes. So you're partnering with Humanities, but but is this there's a local organization involved with this? The Ahmadiyya yeah. Muslim chapter. Yeah. Yes, yes, they've been great support for us, and they've partnered with us to actually help with the volunteers running the daily operations. Because you can imagine, like, some people have nine-to-five daily mm. jobs and that, and they're not always available. So I commend them. It's been excellent that they've been involved and that they're putting out volunteers to help us provide service. You know, uh, when I went to your website, uh, you mentioned uh, some some uh, the involvement of the, the Muslim organization, uh, youth organization that's involved. Yep. Um, you have a, an interesting project team that's involved with mm-hmm. this organization. Mm-hmm. Yes, project team. Yeah, the project team with uh, w- with with the the uh, uh, shelterbus.ca. When I go down, yeah. you're listed as one of the people. Oh, you're talking about like oh, yeah. everyone oh, on yeah. our team. Yeah, you can see that there's probably about twenty plus more mm. people there now. Yeah. So, it's people from all different backgrounds. Yeah. Like, 
It starts spreading the word from people who know people. First, it was like a, a small group who worked in transit mm. and some volunteers in Humanity First. And it's expanded out from there, friends of friends. Mm. We have people that do work from fundraising all the way through to designing some of our merchandise. We have shelter bus hoodies that we've been selling mm. to raise funds. They've been quite popular. The bus has been at the Canadian Urban Transit Association. They have a conf- uh, seminar conference that mm. runs annually. Mm. So it's been there, and we've sold hoodies for that, as well as the Ontario Public Transit Association. Mm. It's been there as well. So we have people. It basically takes quite a diverse team to Absolutely. deliver a project like this. Of and course. Of course, we're always looking for new people to help volunteer, so they're welcome to send us a message and reach out. And you can do that again from the shelterbus.ca website yep. right, for contacting yep. and, and yep. Uh, as well as make donations, as we've yeah, we pointed exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. And we're also on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. Instagram and um, Facebook and that. So we encourage people to follow our, our social media. We've got a, quite an active team of volunteers, especially now because of the bus being rolled out. Mm-hmm. They're posting updates continuously, showing the response from the community, and how it's running, all that our events that we have going on. So that's it's good to see. Now, I know this is new. As we mentioned, uh, the bus has just been launched officially, and uh, it'll be its first year in doing this uh, throughout the winter months. Yep. Um, now, when it drives around to different neighborhoods, to, to into the, the GTA, it's going to be going around and going to different neighborhoods each night, or how Actually, does it work? Actually, uh, right now, the, the primary focus is going to be operating like in the downtown core mm-hmm. of Toronto. I yep. believe it's a Moss Park on Queen Street and then also near Nathan Phillips. Yep. So those are the three main areas set up for now. Yep. And then it may change later on, but that's the core focus for this year. And we're also... Like also in work like with other donors and that one is up in North Bay mm. that they have a old coach bus that's being mm. retired so that's in the works to right, potentially for a get second bus exactly and uh, it basically the the outfitting of the bus is going to depend on the community's needs like mm. with the conversations we've had in uh, North Bay they're mainly looking at as a shuttle bus to bring people to the shelters not necessarily stay ah, on the bus right so. You know, the yeah. configuration may change, but still, we're as the fundraising goes, as much as we can do with that, we're looking to launch as many of these buses as we can to help out. And as you say, uh, yeah, that's in North Bay because yeah. uh, this is, is one bus here I- in the city of Toronto, but yeah. uh, it's looking to expand to other cities yeah, right, we are. right across the country. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. It, how, as you say, you've already got this partnership in North uh, North Bay with with uh, with one organization. Mm-hmm. Are you getting lots of interest from other cities? Yeah, we are for sure. Like uh, CUDA, which is the Canadian Urban mm. Transit, that was held in Calgary this year. Mm. So it's been brought up there. They're aware of it. So even looking out to Calgary is a potential option for a future bus. Yeah. Uh, we want to take things like a methodical sure, approach sure. to the rollout. Of right. course, there's going to be like learning opportunities. Of from this year, so we want to make sure that the bus goes out, does good work, and we learn what areas needs to be improved on, mm. and we can do that for future rollouts. Mm. Yeah. I just want to let everyone know you're listening to Moment of Truth on Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and you can also be listening on the Radio Player Canada app. If you download the app and type in ELMNTFM 95.7 or uh, ELMNTFM 106.5, and you could be listening on your device of choice across the country. And speaking of across the country, uh, uh, my guest is Nick Roberts. He's uh, with um, uh, a local organization in the Toronto area that has put uh, a shelter bus on the road that's going to be uh, traveling around the inner city for the next three months, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's there to help the homeless uh, get out of the cold uh, weather overnight. Uh, place to stay. It's a converted bus, coach bus. Looks great. You can see this online at shelterbus.ca. It's a place you can also donate because they are looking for donations. And if you're looking to volunteer or get involved in your own area or check them out and say, hey, this is an area, this is something that would be great for our city, such as in Ottawa, uh, if that's a need. And as uh, Nick pointed out earlier, this is something that can be converted, not necessarily in, into the same style that's been set up for Toronto, where there is a, l- there is, uh, a need for, for more shelters because they fill up in the cold weather months. 
uh, each night. Uh, maybe it's uh, much like Nick had pointed out earlier uh, in North Bay where they're converting something where it can take people to the shelters. So maybe the needs in your city uh, are different. That's something you want to talk to um, uh, shelterbus.ca about. And it's in, c- in uh, conjunction with uh, Humanity First, so you can uh, check that out as well. And uh, Nick, uh, can you, just for, uh, f- for uh, reference, we've talked about the bus, we've talked about what it does, uh, and, and where it's going to go within the inner city each night and, and to certain neighborhoods. Can you, uh, first of all, I'd like to get a little more information about yourself as a volunteer. Why did you get involved and how did you get involved? Okay. I would say it probably started back a year ago Mm. when um, we were looking to do, is not related to Shelter Bus at this time, but just uh, a volunteer program to help give back. Mm. And uh, Humanity First, they have the food bank there up in Vaughan. So me and some colleagues, we we went up to Vaughan and did the food bank for a day, helping Mm. prepare kits to get distributed Mm -hmm. to people. And uh, I must say, Humanity First does a great job. They actually have a delivery system, so you don't necessarily have to go to the food bank in person. They mm. can deliver it to you. Mm. And so that was my first exposure to the charity. Mm. And then I I work in Naeem Faruqi's team, yes. and he was the one who came up with this idea. And I thought it was great. It really resonated with me because it's transit-related. It's something that, you know, you can feel like we're walking around Toronto in the mm. wintertime, freezing cold. Yeah. And you have to realize that not everyone out there has the benefit of being able to go back and snuggle inside and mm-hmm. warm up in these mm-hmm. months. So that's something that you really feel for these people when you're walking around Union or where I work up Young Eglinton. Mm-hmm. You can see firsthand that like there's a need for this mm-hmm. and the shelters are over capacity. Yeah. So that's that's how I got involved. And myself, I am like mechanical engineering background, so I like being in the shop tinkering and mm. that. Okay. So I thought like any opportunity I have even to like go in there and help fix up what they need for the bus or also do some fundraising that's where I can help. That's mm. that's what I'll try and do. You know, and it's such a great idea to repurpose something like this that still has some life left in it. Yep. It puts it to a good purpose. Uh, you know, and the bus looks great, mm-hmm. right? It looks brand new. It looks like a wonderful uh, um, uh, vehicle going down the street. Uh, it's... Uh, as you say, you can go inside. You can see this online at shelterbus.ca, and uh, people can go in. As we said, the bus goes around. Now, here's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've talked about what it does in terms of helping the homeless and going around to these different neighborhoods. Can you describe for me a 24-hour process of what happens if, if this bus does this bus go and sit in the daytime or is it still available in the daytime how's how's it work on a 24-hour okay hour? sure one thing that you mentioned just first of all you yeah. said it looks nice on the outside but there's definitely been some challenges getting it to oh, that I point bet. it's actually uh being a shelter for a couple of raccoons when we first got <laughs> it so uh, after we fixed the, the, their little habitat yeah. in there then, uh, yeah, now it's back on and, the and road. And they can so. do some damage. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. My my folks and I, live, my parents live on the countryside, mm. so we have a garage and we've seen the damage that oh, can yeah. do. Yeah, but uh, getting back to the 24-hour operation, <laughs> the idea is that um, during the day, it's parked up in Vaughan mm. in the garage provided, okay. and then it will be dispatched in the evenings and basically be available from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. in the morning okay. as not to interfere with any of the parking or sure. the traffic in yep. the downtown area right. and that. And during that period, like the overnight time, that's when we think that people need it the most, mm. and that's where it's there for shelter and food and the care package distributions. And then after each night, we have um, the bus needs to be cleaned, of course. Mm-hmm. So we have volunteers that will right. do that. And uh, constantly as ongoing, we have donations being brought in for clothing and that. So we have volunteers sorting that out and be loaded up on the bus in advance of it going out the next evening. Now, there's a kitchenette, as we mentioned, on the bus. Do people prepare their own meals or do do the volunteers help in that area? Uh, What we've been doing up till now is having a pre-made food because the kitchen end is not like substantial sure. it's small yeah there's a microwave there so you can reheat some yeah. things but yeah the idea is to give out like soup sandwiches mm-hmm. and pizza in some cases mm-hmm. some easy meals that mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. being able to be brought on board right yeah now uh, i also noticed that it's outfitted a little little more than just uh just beds and, and a lounge and, and a washroom 
if I'm not mistaken, people can, can actually be entertained in there. I think I saw some screens and a sound system in there. Yeah, the screens, I don't think that they're working oh, quite okay. right now. They're left over <laughs> from its previous uh, okay. life. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, maybe that, that's, day, that's right. not the high priority no, of its function. No, it isn't. Function. I understand yeah. that. But I, I thought, wow, this is really nicely outfitted. Yeah. So. One of the, the pr- things that we would like to do to mm. improve it is to uh, make it, like, put it in a battery pack system so it can run off that and be oh, yeah. more sustainable rather than Wh- the generator that's for, the, for powering like the heating yes? on the, the bus. bus. you mean? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So at at night, does it it parks in one of these neighborhoods and stays stationary? Yeah. So will. and it just runs, or is it hook up to some well, local power? Or well, the idea is that we eventually want it to be able to do yes. that, but right now it just runs off the generator okay. that's part of the bus. Yep. So the engine's not running; it's the right. generator. But yes. still, we can improve on sure. its uh, sustainability by yep. having a battery system. And I guess the volunteers stay in the bus all evening as well. Yeah, that's right. And the driver. So, yeah, we could have, sh- the driver stays like most of the time, and then mm. we can have shifts of volunteers coming in and out. Right. Yeah. Right. What haven't we uh, touched on with this that you, you think is important to mention? I think we've touched on a lot, actually. So I think the main thing is like we're just trying to get visibility on the program right now. So people know that it's available in the mm. community and then also to further the word of like potential sponsors or volunteers that want to get involved and like spread our presence mm. now that it's launched. Like mm. it's, a, it's a good opportunity. I thank you very much for having me on to speak about it. It's our pleasure and it's a great idea. So we we're happy to help uh, spread the word for you on this. Uh, I, you mentioned it takes a, a, you know, some dedicated volunteers to do this each night. Yeah. Is it is seven days a week? I believe it's, yeah, it's as much as we can. It's going to be trying to roll out seven days a week from 7 or 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yeah. Now, again, uh, these volunteers, are they are they shifts overnight or are they on like an 8, 10? How's the shift work overnight? Uh, there's no set program for the shifts, but mm-hmm. it's basically like they'll arrange mm. And say, like, okay, we have these many volunteers that can cover five hours. The next many, they can cover the additional four. And mm-hmm. then that's how it'll be structured mm-hmm. for that day. Are, are, are some homeless people surprised when they see this roll up and say, you're welcome to stay in here? Yeah, some, uh, it's, <laughs> they've been uh, very surprised. <laughs> like, first, they don't know what it is. Right. They're like, what is this? Like, yeah, yeah. Can I go inside? And right. then... Yeah, everyone I've interacted with so far, they've been very pleasant people, which mm. I think is good. It helps remove kind of the stigma sometimes with homelessness. You know, uh, that's interesting yeah. to bring that up. A lot of the people, they just want to have a conversation mm. with someone, and mm. that mm. that may, means the world to them. That can help them a lot just mm. to have someone to sit down, listen to their story, spend some time with, mm. and not felt like they're just passed over like yeah. some people in the streets. And they have some fascinating stories. Yeah, they do, for some sure. Some of them, you may think they're uh, perhaps never got a very good education, but you'd be surprised at some of the people, I think, that are out on the streets. Yeah, and we've had some that we've met that are like, wow, this is so good, I, I want to help and <laughs> volunteer for it as well. So Nice. Yeah. We'll start somewhere, right? It's yep. great that people, what do you say to someone that is homeless and wants to help? How do you get them involved? Well, we, we'll see if they can spread the word of mm. this. And then uh, if they're able to come and like uh, hand out goods and that when it's deployed next time, then mm. by all means, like, they're more than welcome to. Right. Uh, let's let's uh, talk a little bit more about, uh, because I think this is, uh, as we mentioned off the top, it's a great idea. And, and people that are listening, there may be some people out there that are going, yes, yeah, it's a great idea. I want to find out how we can get this in, in my community or in my city. So uh, we're going to touch again on uh, shelterbus.ca where people can go to uh, find the website. They can make donations there. They can contact you at that website as well. Mm -hmm. We also talked about uh, Humanity First. and People can uh, find out more through that site as well. Yep. And that site is humanityfirst.ca? Exactly, yes. Okay. Any other uh, contact information you think is important we need to give out? I think those are the main ones. And uh, if you search uh, shelter.bus mm. on Instagram, mm-hmm. you'll be able to find uh, Instagram posts. Mm. And then also if you just search uh, shelter bus on LinkedIn, we have the LinkedIn page there as well. 
And, and once again, uh, as we're saying, if you do see the bus, and there is that 360 uh, sort of uh, Google uh, uh, description or, or visual that you can take through the bus once you go to the website yeah. at shelterbus.ca, uh, don't forget I- that each bus is not made in that in that re- way. That is the way this particular bus was uh, designed for the purposes of the streets in Toronto and what is needed. As you mentioned, North Bay, that you've been in contact with another organization there that you're working with to develop a second bus mm-hmm. that may that it will probably be different and set up to what are the, ne- the needs of that city. Yep. So each city, uh, if people have, uh, um, you know, maybe somebody has a bus they want to donate, right? Yeah, exactly. Maybe. I'd say, like, if people are interested in this for their community, like mm. speak to your local city councillors mm. and that, get involved with them. Say, hey, mm. I've seen this idea in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what's the situation of homelessness like mm-hmm. here in our community? What do we need? Mm-hmm. And is there a potential that we could get one of these yeah. for our, like, yeah. Now, speaking of that, w- what are some of the things people need to be aware of in terms of getting a bus on the streets in, in the city overnight? I would say uh, the parking requirements and bylaws is the mm. main thing. Right. And then also engaging with the shelters that are already there. Yeah. So you want to be able to work together as of much course. as possible, yeah, right? Absolutely. The idea, like, this bus is a mobile shelter, right? So yeah. it can be moved to different areas depending on when the needs change. Mm-hmm. And then also, as Humanity First does a lot of disaster relief work, mm-hmm. we envision it being used for other purposes as well. So, like... In the summer months, like this past summer, we had the incident with Ottawa and the flooding. Mm. So an event like that, they could load up the bus with supplies and volunteers and bring it on site to mm-hmm. be kind of like a base camp for people to operate out of. And also Humanity First is a refugee resettlement program. So currently they have a bunch of small vans that they use for bringing everyone to where they're being settled. So this bus can help streamline some of those efforts as well. You know, when I think of it, there's probably a lot of buses out there that have have gone past their their uh, you know their their major workload as a bus uh, coach that that could be repurposed for this kind of thing that could help in so many ways. It's, yeah, it's a wonderful idea. Yeah, yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah, like just so people get a perception, like. Uh, a transit bus can put on anywhere up to about 60,000 kilometers a year. Mm. So you think relative to how many kilometers are on your car. Like uh, that's yeah. a huge amount. Sure. So now the shelter bus doesn't have to operate anywhere nearly that amount of workload. So mm-hmm. it's still suitable for doing its functions, yep. but uh, without the need to transfer back to like Niagara and Toronto yeah. every day of the yeah. week, right? You know, and I'm sure every city... Uh, has uh, some some uh, poor buses that are just sitting there somewhere <laughs> that could be repurposed for this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're plentiful. They're all over the place. So I'm sure there's some some everybody has some of these buses. So I hope you get some more calls. Yeah. I hope you get more volunteers. I hope you get some more uh, people that come forward and say, "Hey, I've got a bus that I would love to donate. This still has some life left in it that could be repurposed for this and and help others." Yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. Thank you very much, David. I hope so too. Yeah, Nick, it's been great having you here and really appreciate you coming in and sharing uh, a shelter bus uh, idea with us and, and uh, the good work that it's going to be doing over the winter months in in the city. So after the winter is over, the bus goes and, and just uh, lays low. Yeah, and like I said, if there's the other events that come up. Like that disaster it, relief, that huma- you're right. Yeah. It's the Humanity First Shelter yeah. Bus, so it's at their disposal yeah. for what it needs. And what are, you know, that's another great purpose it could be used for. So yeah. you know, hopefully there's there's a lot more uses these kind of things can yeah. be. Nick uh, Roberts is with uh, uh, Humanity First, or are you with uh, co- uh, 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 Shelter Bus? Well, they're the one and the same. Humanity okay. First is a program, or Shelter Bus is a program of Humanity okay. First. Yeah. Right, okay. So uh, he's a volunteer, and he came in to tell us about uh, shelterbus.ca and shelterbus that was launched in Toronto uh, the other day uh, officially for the winter months as it travels around to different uh, neighborhoods in the inner city where it helps uh, the homeless get off the cold nights of the streets in Toronto and gives them somewhere warm to stay, gives them a warm meal, hands out toiletries, and uh, just provides conversation for people that are in need. Nick, thanks again for coming in. All right. Thank you, David. And uh, don't go away because we'll be right back on a moment of truth right here on Element FM. 
Welcome back to Element FM. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Moment of Truth in Toronto and Ottawa. 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. You can also be listening on the Radio Player Canada app anywhere across the country. Just download the app and type in 106.5 ELMNTFM or 95.7 ELMNTFM, and you could be listening on your device of choice anywhere right across this country. I would like to welcome my next guest to the show. It's a pleasure to speak with uh, Mr. Tom Jackson. Now, Tom, I don't know if you remember, you probably don't, because I actually had the pleasure of speaking with you a long time ago when I was actually uh, with uh, the radio station on Six Nations, and we had the pleasure to speak. And I do not remember what we spoke about. I'm sure it was something to do with the entertainment industry. Uh, it could have been with the Huron Carroll. Uh, but it's a pleasure to have you uh, back uh, and on the air with us here at Element FM and uh, to speak with you about, uh, I guess, the Huron Carol as well as other things you've got going on. So welcome. You know what, I, I, thank you so much for having me on your show. But I do remember what we talked about in that conversation. We talked about the fact that I was sitting in a parking lot of a restaurant that was the only one for 200 miles that said, sorry, close, <laughs> staring at a salmon being ridden by a rodeo rider with a backdrop of a beautiful mountain and a clear blue sky. That, that's, See, huh? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm, uh, I'm flattered, but I'm stunned, and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, and hopefully you remember that, David? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> so you're doing better than me. I have a memory like a steel trap. I guess you do. Well, listen, you know, we're here. Uh, we have a brand new network. I don't know if you know much about Element FM, but uh, it is owned, uh, operated by uh, APTN. And uh, so we are an indigenous station, which, of course, I'm sure you can appreciate. Uh, and uh, we operate in Toronto and Ottawa right now. We operate under First Peoples Radio, the name, and uh, Element FM, but it's E-L-M-N-T. And uh, it's a pleasure that we are able to do things such as this, have people like yourself on the station to talk about all things Indigenous, uh, promote Indigenous artists, and, uh, and, and uh, do all these things that in many ways, as I'm sure you can appreciate, are overlooked or not uh, given the uh, due that they are given on other networks. Well, I honour uh, what you do, and I'm, you know, I think what you're doing is, is quite... Awesome. Of course, APTN, everything they do is quite awesome in my books. Mm. So uh, I'm yours. You go ask away and I'll, and I'll do the best to answer your questions. Well, for people that may not know uh, Tom Jackson, uh, of course, you are an actor, you're a musician, and you're an activist. And you're still, you know, I, I think, Tom, the thing that, uh, and I know this is close to you, uh, here on Carol, and your activism is something that uh, has been going on for quite a, a, a number of years and you keep going on and on with this and, and helping people and giving back. It's, it's a wonderful thing to see that you're doing. You know, uh, I'd take it out of the category of giving back. Mm. Uh, what I do is simply um, driven by the need. Uh, mm. I was myself in need at one point in time, and and the creator came to me and said, listen, I'm going to send you somebody else. I'm going to send you an angel that needs help more than you do. And if you help that angel, then I'm going to help you. And I took the deal. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, uh, once I kind of crawled my way out of a hole, I realized that I needed to help others in order to survive. And in order to do that, I needed a bit of a platform. And the only thing I knew a little bit about was acting and singing. So I thought, well, maybe if I get a little better at that, I'll have an opportunity to, to let people know what I think. But at that time, nobody was going to listen to a six foot five Indian guy with a braid sticking needles in his arms. So I needed to regain some stature in the world. And I had a lot of friends of mine that helped me do that. And I'm still looking for that angel. So I continue on this journey um, because there is a constant gap between haves and have-nots. And as you all know, that a lot of the organizations, social service agencies and others of all types that help 
people that are in need. Most of the people that are in need are First Nation people. Mm-hmm. So it continues, uh, and I, I, with great distinction, that the people that I help deserve um, continue to go down that path. And it's been going on 33 years. Tom, I appreciate what you just said there and that uh, you wanted to take it out of, uh, of, of the, the idea of giving back and and then that little story you shared about uh, the deal you took with God and the angel coming. Uh, do you mind sharing a little bit more about that uh, that part of your, your history uh, just to give people a little more of a sense of, of where you were and, and how long that went on for before you, you were able to reach uh, and, and climb out of that? Well, the context is unfair because it seems self-serving, but I had a point in time when I had dug a hole uh, for myself, and I took everything that I loved and knew and stuck it in a needle and stuck it in my arm, and, and to my own demise, nobody's fault, my fault, um, I decided at some point, thanks to, uh, there's a woman by the name of Millie Redman who is very... Um, significant in this story. She ran Council Fire, which is downtown Toronto, which you'll know. Um, And I went into Council Fire and I said, Millie, I need to help. She said, well, you came to the right place. This is what we do here. We help people. And at that time, it was an emergency referral center in a soup kitchen. And I said, no, you don't understand. I need to help. I'm an addict. I'm now addicted to love. So I had to find ways and people who could help me feed that addiction. And Council Fire was the place that that I went to. And on the day, uh, food banks, this was early in the history of food banks, I said, what can I do? She said, what can you do? I said, I don't know, what do you need? And she said, well, and this was coming into Christmas, and she said, that there had been a shortage of hampers the year previous. She said, we were 500 hampers short for our community. And I knew some people in the industry at the time. And I said, well, why don't we see if we can buy it instead of trying to get people to bring it? And my friends and I um, agreed that we would have a concert. And... We had to find a name for the concert. And since, since we were in a, an area known as Heronia, and I was familiar with the Huron Carol, we decided to call it the Huron Carol. And the first concert uh, was held in the Silver Dollar Saloon. It had to be scrubbed up and reopened because it had been closed. So we held a concert in the Buck. And uh, there were only, I shouldn't say only, there were 200 people who showed up, and it, it was a grand affair. We didn't raise much money, but at the time, it raised a lot of profile. It gained a lot of profile, thanks to Deanie Petty and others who were in television at the time and, and mm-hmm. brought this concern to the public, and the public responded. The day after the show, which was on December the 17th, I remember this vividly, the day after the show, I went to Council Fire and never actually went in because there were cars and trucks lined up all the way down Parliament going towards um, Front Street uh, full of food. And so we accomplished what we needed to accomplish. And for myself, I went and I made a phone call to my friend Mike Stern in Winnipeg. And I said, Mike, can you get me home? And I, and I went and got my, my plastic bag from the hole on the ground and my guitar. To some degree, this is figurative, but I, that's what I did. I got my suitcase and my, and my guitar, and uh, Mike got me to Winnipeg. And uh, I carried on with my life in Winnipeg, and it wasn't perfect, and... They're saying that life is very seldom very perfect. Right now, I feel like it's perfect, but, Mm. you know, 
we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, it, it life certainly is always changing, and certainly, uh, I guess, you know, we always hear you ha- you have to go through uh, some dark times to to see the light, and uh, and and certainly. Uh, you yourself, uh, as you know, uh, don't need to tell you this, but you've had quite a career and uh, you've had uh, some wonderful opportunities that have come your way uh, in, in as a musician and as an actor. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, uh, north of 60, uh, you've been on Star Trek, uh, Next Generation, Law and Order. You've had some wonderful roles and some wonderful opportunities uh, it always seems, though, that you uh, you you never overlook, uh, as you've just explained, uh, that it, it it comes back to to wanting to uh, to to benefit others that you're you're looking towards. Well, I think um, even if you practice this today, David, if you do this, if when you're finished your shift and you take thirty seconds. Just control your life. Close your eyes and take control of your life. Empower it. Because nobody can have that 30 seconds, just you. And when you open your eyes, first thing you do consciously is go and do something for somebody. I promise you, you will never be the same. I promise you. So if you do things for others, um, although it from time to time, it's crazy because there's a lot of people that need need, and it may seem a little self-serving, but it is very rewarding. And, and I believe that if you do things for others and your purpose for doing things for others makes you cry, if your purpose is strong enough, your mindset is strong enough, it will, it will bring you more success than you could ever have dreamed. I appreciate you saying that, and I thank you for sharing that with us and uh, for our listeners as well. Uh, Tom, I I was touched when you were sharing your story, and uh, I can appreciate exactly what you're saying. Can we uh, bring the conversation around to how you have done that with the Huron Carol? And, you know, I know that uh, I believe that you have one more performance of Huron Carol that is in uh, Calgary tomorrow, I believe. We have one tomorrow in Calgary, and then I'm off to um, Whitehorse. I come back, we get on a, in a vehicle, and we go to Medicine Hat. Mm. We go to Swift Current. We go to Regina, Brandon, Winnipeg. And then we come closer to you. We have a show on the 15th in Thunder Bay. Mm. And we finish the tour on the 17th in Ottawa. Great. Well, that's the, the official tour. We then come back to Winnipeg <laughs> for a for an event on the 21st, and then we come back to Calgary for an event on the 24th. Mm. And then we're going to sleep and eat turkey the next day. <laughs> uh, for pe- uh, to answer your question a little bit, it's, the concert, the show that started in the buck, that mm. started at the Silver Dollar, uh, evolved because the, it was kind of, again, a divine intervention. I was talking to the food bank in Winnipeg, Winnipeg Harvest, uh, the next year. And they were at risk of losing uh, the building that they were lodged in and because they didn't have money for rent. And I said, I got this idea. <laughs> so, so we launched a Huron Carol in Winnipeg. And Winnipeg Harvest is now one of the greatest organizations in the country as it relates to food banks. And uh, I still have a relationship with them there. And it continued to expand. We found that we could actually engage with other communities that needed help. And now um, we serve many other kinds of agencies. Yes, we started out to try and give hunger a voice, but now we, we are able to give addiction Voice. We get. We have women's shelters. Um, we work with the Salvation Army a lot. Um, I, I really love my work with the Red Cross mm. uh, and all of. So what I'm saying is that uh, there are so many satellite communities that have embraced the idea of what the Huron Carol can generate as a social enterprise. 
over the years, it has generated over $250 million in cash and food services, and, and there's proof that it works. It's a bit of a Band-Aid. A lot of people say, um, you know, that's just a Band-Aid. Uh, that may mm. be the government's job or mm. some other uh, valid comment, but uh, it's, I'm fine being a Band-Aid. I'll mm. be a, a Band-Aid for as long as I'm needed, and uh, and hopefully here on Carroll will long, live on long after uh, my existence. And nicely said again, Tom. Um, you know, uh, it is interesting that you, that you point out, uh, don't mind saying that it's potentially a, a Band-Aid, but uh, I was going to ask you, over the years, uh, what have you heard from people that it has helped? Uh, have you heard some positive stories come out of the, the, of the help that it has provided? I tend to move at the speed of light, so there's a vacuum behind me, and I, <laughs> I tend to watch the, the, where I'm going versus looking at the rearview mirror. Mm. So uh, I'd be I'd be more than happy to hear comments from people that that the year on Carol has affected both uh, as members of an audience who come in support of, and as well as those who it helps. I'd be very interested, and if, if I might send you this bit of information, if you went to TomJackson.ca you'd find a number of things, but what would be most important, you'd find a way to contact me. Mm. And I would be very interested in, in hearing comments from folks that had been positively affected, or negatively for that matter, uh, by mm. the Huron Carroll, if that was if that had been the case. Just before we go any further, I'd like to let everyone know that you're listening to Moment of Truth on Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. My guest is Mr. Tom Jackson, a well-known actor, musician, and activist. Uh, he is currently on tour with the Huron Carol, which he has done for uh, quite a number of years. And uh, he will be uh, in Ottawa on uh, December 17th. He's uh, got a show coming up in uh, Calgary on December the 5th. And uh, then he's going to be in a number of other uh, cities out west. And um, uh, Tom, it's a, a, one ag- once again a great pleasure to have you on the show. And you know, I, I, this just popped into my mind as w- we were talking there about the Huron Carol, and uh, you, you were you were mentioning uh, about the benefit and the money it, it has raised. Uh, you also pointed out that it's it could be some people point, say it's a bit of a band aid, and that you don't mind being that band aid. But I get a sense that you you look at this as, as something larger. And what I mean by that is it, 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 it's there, yes, it helps in physical ways, but I think that you you look at this as something that has a, a, a strong spiritual connection as well that can help people. Well, it certainly has a spiritual connection, but I don't know that it's linked to a religion. Mm. It's linked spiritually, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Um and I would like to point out that it's life-giving on, on, in more ways than one. Mm. It, it gives a life and saves lives for those who are in need. But there's another kind of need that it serves. Mm. And it's the kind of need that you and I have, the need to do something. There are a lot of individuals out there who need to do something. And the reward for that is way beyond what you can imagine, as I mentioned earlier, but they don't always have vehicles to do that. The Huron Carol is a vehicle for people to receive, but to give. And the multiple of the gift and the value of the gift is unknown. And let me, let me give you an example of what I mean. If you met somebody on the street, you know how we walk down the street sometimes and we see somebody that it kind of scares us and we get it gets under our skin and we decide to follow the people in front of us and they cross the street just before they get to that person? Mm. Get that feeling? You ever had that feeling? Yep. Okay, so if that be the truth, what if one day that you continued on your path, figuratively and literally, literally, and you met somebody that you helped. And what if that person paid it forward? What if? And what if 
the person they helped was somebody you knew or loved. Mm. What if? See, we, we don't have a handle on what the value of the gift actually is. And when, when you discover it, it helps you breathe. It helps you see. Your senses become alive. Something different happens to you. And you become a changed person. And this is real. It's an oxygen. And if you can provide yourself with oxygen, you'll get high. Higher than you could doing anything else. So, try it. <laughs> you'll like it. <laughs> Nicely said, Tom. I didn't want to interrupt you at all there. I was hoping you'd just keep going. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a surprise in some ways uh, to, to have you on uh, as, as someone that we know as an actor, as a musician, uh, that we've seen uh, in films, we've seen on television, uh, in shows such as North of 60 and uh, uh, Next Generation, Star Trek, and, and other roles that you've played. And, of course, uh, as a performer and musician, and but you know i think that uh that obviously from the short time we've been talking here uh you you have a much uh, deeper connection to things uh on that spiritual level and it's obviously coming coming out here today and it's inspiring uh for for not only myself but other people so it's great to to have you share those things with me and of course sharing uh that you do through uh, as you do every year around this time with the Huron Carol that you're doing right now and uh, continue to... Now, Tom, can I ask, how has the Huron Carol evolved, or has it evolved and changed over the years? Uh, I'm sure perhaps you, you have different guests that get involved, but uh, has it evolved in any other way? Uh, the only consistent uh, is that we uh, serve agencies that serve people. Mm. The, there's very few things about the show itself that is consistent from the year before. I mean, from time to time, we've had the same cast members, but the show is always different. Mm. Uh, so every year we write a new script, and every year we choose uh, a new, not always a new musical genre, but we have this year uh, found a place in the blues, which we really mm. like. Mm. So it's kind of like I'll have a blues Christmas. <laughs> I'll have a blues Christmas. <laughs> no, you know what, Tom? Yeah. Uh, Tom, your other, um, your other, as you mentioned, uh, as an ambassador for the Red Cross. Uh, but uh, I saw on your on uh, your Twitter feeds uh, and things about your uh, you're getting involved and in, and I guess continuing involvement with the. Uh, the DOAP, the, the Downtown Outreach Addictions Partnership uh, in Calgary that you, you're involved with. I saw a picture of you there uh, in some kind of uh, performance uh, garb that you were wearing. Uh, can you elaborate on that? The DOPE team is a very special organization. Um, when I became associated and discovered what the dope team does, I realized it was everything I ever wanted to be. Mm. Um, so my work world has come full circle. And when I talked earlier about oxygen, mm. the dope team to me is oxygen, and without it, I would not survive. Mm. Uh, what we do is we're a crisis vehicle. It's in Calgary. But we're a crisis vehicle. We respond to people who are in crisis. We get calls from police service. We get calls from EMS. We get calls from concerned citizens who see somebody on the street. We get calls from people who are in trouble. Um, you know, I, I, let me share an example with you. I I got a call from a woman who was in in distress and um, went and picked her up at, the, at her house, and she needed to be transported to a woman's shelter, and in the course of 12 minutes that it took for the ride, I asked her if she, I could tell, and I said, are you high? And she said, yeah. I said, what's your drug of choice? 
She said, anything that gets me out of this reality, mm. anything. And I said, hmm. And she said, but here's where I'm going. She said, I'm going to make a step. I'm going to take a step. She said, I, I, I'm in, right now I'm an invisible person. And I need to become visible. And I said, why is that? She said, because I have a daughter. Mm. And I want my daughter back. I said, well, that's a great step. I said, what, what are you going to do for your next step? She said to me, I want you to come and pick me up in 30 days because I'm going to go home. And I asked her, what's your daughter's name? And she said, Miracle. She said, my daughter's name is Miracle. And that's just one of a thousand stories that I could tell you mm. that evolve in that 12 to 15 minutes that it takes somebody out of a point of crisis to a procedure of embracement, to a warm bed, to a warm meal, and to a fresh start. Mm. Tom, our, our time is, is unfortunately almost up, but uh, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show with us today, uh, speaking with you, and uh, really appreciate your, uh, your very uh, humble approach that uh, you bring uh, to, to the conversation and sharing the inspirational comments that you do uh, in, the, in, in sharing the stories and the things that you are working towards such as, uh, and working on, such as the Huron Carol. And if I may, uh, I, I get the sense that you, you, in many ways, like to take the spotlight away from yourself. But I would like to point out that you do have a, a, a double CD that's uh, the Essential Tom Jackson uh, that came out in 2018. And I just want to, I wanted people to know that that's available and uh, that people can get a hold of you at tomjackson.ca. Uh, is there anything you wanted to add to that uh, about uh, that that uh, double album or double disc uh, that's out on the Essential Tom Jackson? There's just a couple of things if you don't mind me going on, but the the Essentials is two CDs of original tunes. Mm. Um, they're not Christmas music, mm-hmm. but it is it is a, a bit of a chronology, although it doesn't it doesn't sound like one. Mm. Um, but it's all original music, mm-hmm. and you can get it on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon. Right. It's out there. But there is also, because this is a season I want, to, I want to share this with you, there's a single out there called Soul Angel. Okay. And it was released to radio uh, last Christmas, and it was one of the, the, the most picked up mm-hmm. Christmas songs in the country. So if you go and find it, you can play it. Right. And if somebody wants to find it in their world, it's called Soul Angel. Great. The last thing I want to share with you is that we have a project called Six Weeks to Christmas. Mm-hmm. A series of videos. If you go on tomjackson.ca, you'll find the gift of the Six Weeks to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And the call to action is for you when you watch the video is to go and do something for somebody <laughs> because you need to go and do something for somebody who needs you. That's great. Uh, we will make sure and, uh, and, and promote that. We're glad you mentioned that, Six Weeks to Christmas, and I remember seeing that on your, your Twitter and on your, your website. Now, The Light Inside, that's a, is that, that's a song, is it not? Yes. Um, it's a song about finding your way through the dark times. Mm. There's always a light inside. Mm. And I have, you know, from time to time, I think that I should be lighting the lantern. And then I realized that I wanted to be the lantern. (laughs) Interesting. Very interesting. Tom, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. And I thank you very much for your time and and coming on the show with us and speaking with us. It's been a pleasure. It's been my pleasure as well. You know, it's a mutual admiration society. We can't do stuff that we want on our own. We all need partners. So thank you very much for having me on your show. And uh, I know that it'll pay dividends. Uh, go look for the information regarding the Ottawa show. Mm-hmm. Look for the information regarding the Thunder Bay show. And maybe we'll see you in person. 
All right, sounds good, Tom. Thank you once again. All the best to you in the future. And uh, uh, just uh, Jimmy Gwetch for joining us. Good Back at you. Look forward to having you on the show again. That is Mr. Tom Jackson. He was uh, joining us from Calgary on the phone. He is, of course, the well-known actor, musician, and activist. You know, the Huron Carroll uh, could be coming to a town near you. Please sure, make sure to check it out at tomjackson.ca. He will be in Ottawa on December the 17th. That's your show for today, and I appreciate everyone to, for tuning in and listening. We'll catch you next time right here on Element FM and Moment of Truth. Until then, onigiha.